Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the B2B Lead Gen podcast. My name is Jacob Löwenbrand, and I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision. And today we have the privilege to have a discussion with uh, Elliot Manson, who is Assistant Director of Business Intelligence and Advertising at KEO Marketing, based out of Phoenix, Arizona. And... Uh, very short introduction here is that uh, Elliot is an expert in paid advertising across all the different platforms and channels that we have that you can advertise on basically and have done great content about this for many different platforms and so on and uh, blogging and uh, speaking at conferences so we're so stoked to have you with us here today hello Elliot how are you I'm well I certainly appreciate the uh, the flattering words to be here yeah, and um, we're going to talk about what platforms to use for your different audiences as a B2B marketeer today. So you are, I'm really excited about that since I know you have a lot of great content and insights around this. But before we dive into that question, maybe you can give us a little bit of background to yourself and how you ended up as a marketing uh, specialist and uh, thought leader at KEO Marketing. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, you know, my, my introduction into marketing was, was not intentional. I had built my first e-commerce store, uh, maybe eight years ago. And, you know, when you build a website, people don't just randomly show up and start buying stuff. Um, so I had to start teaching myself how to market because I spent every penny I had on that website. Um, so I learned how to run Google ads and I just kind of fell in love with the idea of creating content pushing that content out to people, providing value, and then they turn around and buy your stuff. Um, it just seemed like a great idea. Um, so they, everything kind of catapulted from there. I went on to um, start a marketing company for CrossFit gyms, uh, ran that for a couple of years, did freelance marketing um, in all different areas. Um, and now the last few years, I've been working for a couple of different agencies, um, helping them kind of lead the paid efforts um, both in B2B and in B2C, but as of the last 16 months or so, um, my life has been all around uh, B2B lead gen. Oh, that's a great story. So you have a wide experience from different industries as well as B2C to B2B. That's interesting. And uh, what's your focus in KEO marketing? What are the typical assignments you're working with there? Yeah, so um, in my role, we all of our clients are B2B. Um, a lot of them are in the tech space, um, SaaS products, um, some other different type of tech service. Um, so it's very in line with, with, um, with what you do. Um, but from our perspective, we do a lot of paid advertising, but then the other side of the role is understanding the data that comes in. Uh, so we spend a lot of time scouring over data to make decisions. And I mean, you know, let's be honest, all marketing is today is data. It's understanding data and then making decisions based on data. Um, and, you know, I think they, I don't remember if this was last year or this year, but they said data is now more expensive than oil. 
So if you as a company are not leveraging your data, uh, you're basically just throwing money out the window. Um, so that's what we spend a ton of time doing and ultimately helping our clients make more accurate decisions based on marketing, uh, based on their products. Um, we'll analyze like CRM data so we understand how quickly they can turn a lead into a sale and when and how and what conversations take place. Um, but anything around using data to help our clients make better decisions. Sounds very interesting. And uh, I can uh, relate to that so clearly that we have exact same discussions with our clients at Bright Vision <laughs> with uh, using data and try to do good and sound decisions around how to spend your money, especially around paid media that we will talk about now. So let's start with that. And um, I know there's a, a quote, I don't remember who said it, but it's about, uh, I know the half of my advertising budget is wasted. I just don't know which half of it it is. <laughs> which I like is that one. Yeah. Do you know who it was? Um, I don't remember. No, but I have heard it just like you. <laughs> and that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today, how to actually avoid spending our advertising budgets uh, in a uh, non-efficient way. So how, if we should start there, what do you think we should think about when we're creating our paid media strategies for B2B companies today? Yeah, so, um, you know, the main thing to, to start thinking about whenever that strategy is coming about is, you know, obviously what the end goal is, um, that's the most important, you know, whether it's for, you know, B2B companies, a lot of times it might be like get a demo um, or schedule a call with a salesperson. Um, so you got to kind of understand, you know, what the end goal is and then, you know, reverse engineer the pattern somebody needs to go through in order to get there. Um, there's obviously some people who are ready to get a demo immediately. They're in the, they're, they have buyer intent data. Um, they're ready to go. Um, but then there's other people who don't know who you are or just doing the research process. So you got to kind of work out your strategy and to say, okay, what's my marketing strategy going to be for people who have no idea who I am? Am I going to send them to blog posts? Do I want them to watch a video? How do I want them to get to know who I am? Okay. So that's one advertising part of it. And then in that middle of funnel part, now what do I want them to do? Do I want them to download a PDF? Do I want them to use a calculator that shows them, you know, their, their savings if they hired us? Um, where's that piece of middle of funnel content that will add extra value, but it might require an email or it requires a little bit more commitment on their part to show that they're interested. And then you obviously have that bottom of funnel stuff, which would be, you know, sales, get a call or take a transaction online for certain SaaS companies. Um, but it's really just thinking about that strategy first. And then you gotta think about where your audience is, who your audience is, um, and out really outlining who that person is going to be and where you're going to find them. Um, you know, finding the right audience is half the battle. Um, you can have perfect advertising, a perfect website, perfect landing pages, but if you're targeting the wrong people, you will never get anywhere. Um, so that's really where I would say you have to start with strategy and just think it through first. Um, spend most of your time just thinking about it. Well, that's a great answer uh, to the question there, Elliot. And if we should dive in a little bit to the tactics and the different channels, uh, I know you're working with all the different channels LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, and so forth. Uh, 
could you give us a little bit of background where you think the pros and cons for B2B companies are today when choosing a media plan and going with different channels for, for their lead gen advertising? No, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, I think the obvious is Google, um, Google ads. It's and the benefit of Google ads is, you know, most of the people who are searching for your product or your industry, they're closer to the bottom of the funnel. They're basically signaling their buyer intent data by say, by searching. That's their intent to buy. Um, so it's much easier and it's, it's, it's a quicker transaction um, because, you know, you can show an ad and that same day you can get 10 leads um, because that keyword's already got volume. It's already, it's already there. Um, the buyers are there. You just have to, you just have to entice them that you're the right ad to click on. Um, so I would always say start with Google ads. Um, it might be the most expensive, but it's probably going to be the most um, controllable um, as in it's much easier to get your cost per acquisition down rather quickly um, if you have a good strategy. Um, but with Google, you should always do Bing ads. I don't care what anybody says. You should always do Bing ads. It's about 20% of the volume of Google but the cost for acquisition is way less because most companies do not advertise on Bing. Um, and being in Microsoft or being in Google work so closely together now that to get your ad, your ad campaign from Google to Bing takes like 30 seconds. Um, so it, it's almost no effort at all. And it, it's well worth it for your clients or for your company or whoever is um, generating the traffic. So. Always start with Google and Bing. It's going to be your most controllable, your most accurate. Um, and then from a B2B side, you, a lot of it depends on data, the data that you have already, um, whether it's email list or company information. Um, and I say that because LinkedIn is obviously a huge player now um, with advertising. We see them coming up more and more. They run a lot of their own advertising to get more people to market on their platform. Um, and it's got the best data for B2B. So the reason why LinkedIn is great is for two reasons. One is their ability to target B2B users. Um, so you can target on job title, industry, profession, years in the business, um, a lot of different ways. But it's the one platform that allows you to say, who is my B2B buyer or lead? And now how can I target them? It makes it very easy from that aspect to, to narrow in on your audience. Um, so it's the perfect channel when you don't have data and then it's also a great channel if you do have data if you use something like zoom info or any one of these other you know buyer intent or email list generating um, platforms you can either export your buyer intent data and you get emails and then you can upload those emails to linkedin which linkedin then matches the profile of those users or you could say, here are my hundred companies that I want to sell my product to. You can take that list of a hundred companies and upload that list to LinkedIn. And then it matches all the profiles with those companies on LinkedIn. And then you can layer on a secondary piece of data if that target's too big. Let's say you get back 400,000 people and you, you're spending you know, $2,000 a month. You can't reach all those people. So then you could say, okay, well, I only want CMOs 
at those companies and then your list might be 3000 people and it's much more reasonable um so you can layer on data to linkedin to make your your audience more narrow but that's really where you have to start google being linkedin and then the the third runner or the i guess this would be now the, the fourth would be um programmatic platforms um so this would be at roll um, stack adapt um, adaptive any one of these big programmatic buyers and the reason why they're important is yes they get a lot of junk traffic so you might get a thousand clicks but only 200 of them might have been like real people um, which is fine because they have very good b2b data as in you can buy their pre-built whether it's first party or third party audiences um, of you know b2b decision makers in the healthcare industry of companies over 50 million dollars they have that data there for you so it's easy to target the right people and then you just start retargeting the people who are making it on your website um, because you, because that, that initial push isn't going to get a lot of great traffic it's going to get traffic um, but the important part is is they're targeting your right audience and those people are probably seeing your ads that's a great summary of the different channels there so so the recommendation is always have google and bing starting out with those setting up adwords and and so forth and then complement with uh, social media and to last uh if you have time and money left use programmatic advertising as well to complement yep. Yeah, that would be the ideal strategy. And then obviously retargeting is, is wildly important. I don't know if that's the, this conversation is worth having that target, that topic on retargeting. Um, but that's something that should always be done. Um, and that's where you can start to bring in channels like Facebook and Instagram. Um, because you can't, you can't identify a B2B audience on Facebook. It's almost nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, but if they've already been to your website, then you should retarget them on Facebook because I can promise you CEOs and CMOs and directors of IT, they still use Facebook too. And they'll still, they'll, they'll still engage with your content on Facebook, but you just, you don't want to search for them on Facebook. You want to know who they are before you start showing ads on Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great comment. As you said, Facebook is not so uh, granular when it comes to, target groups uh, as I understood it as well. So yeah, great, great comment there. So if you should differentiate your budgets around these, would you spend them uh, averagely the same on the different channels or how would you prioritize it? Uh, that's probably, that's a million dollar question for everybody. Um, and uh, that's where your data comes in. You have to know your data that you're getting back. You know, realistically, you should probably have the majority, if it were, let's say, if I had $10,000 a month to spend on ads, I would probably start with 6,000 on Google, 2,000 on Bing, and then 2,000 on LinkedIn. That would be my personal strategy. But as data comes in, then I would adjust and fast. Um, and because if I'm getting a $50 CPA, on Google and I'm getting a $300 CPA on LinkedIn, well, I don't really want to spend any more money on LinkedIn or I want to reduce it to a thousand, 
put a thousand more into Google so I can generate another 500 leads and then figure out my LinkedIn strategy a little bit better, kind of refine the ads or figure out a way to bring my cost per click down, do something to fix that CPA. Um, but yeah, it's all about the data. Once you, once you turn ads on, that's where you have to move fast, pay attention and adjust the budgets fluidly um, in order to have a successful campaign. Cause like you, had, you, like you had kind of said when you, when you first started this, uh, this interview was, um, you know, I know half my budget's being wasted and that's most of what advertising is, is it's not exactly making what's good even better. It's knowing what's bad and when to turn it off because you just can't bleed money. Once you stop bleeding money, your campaigns are going to be in generally pretty good position. You just got to make sure that you can stop the bleeding. Yeah, that's, that's great. I know uh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk said, uh, it's probably a year back or so, that he thought that um, Facebook had one of the best bang for the buck right now as an advertising platform. <laughs> In general, that wasn't a specific B2B um, uh, in any b2b regards but it was uh the best uh, arbitrage as he said <laughs> do you yeah, see right. any do you see any bargains any new medias or any tactics that you feel is really maybe not the major investment you do but but a good bargain from an advertising perspective you know from a b2b side i haven't discovered one as of you know the last six months or so, um, I would say the success that we see on LinkedIn is probably the best bargain, um, simply because it's kind of a newer advertising platform. When you you regard the you know the big three of you know Facebook, Google, and then and then now LinkedIn, um, but I the where's always an interesting place to explore, and you kind of have to either have a very open client or an open agency, whoever is, you know, running the ads is Instagram stories. Um, and this is, this is designing ads specific for Instagram stories. So this would be the 19 by six format, um, 15 second videos. And then obviously only allowing those ads to run on Instagram stories. Um, I've seen a ton of success again, not in the B2B space, but a ton of success in the engagement on those type of campaigns. Um, so it's not that it can't work in B2B. I've just never tried it. Um, but I think the right person and the right company and the right product, it should be worth a shot to develop something like that um, because you can get cost per click for dirt cheap. And the important, what's most engaging about Instagram stories for me is anybody who's flipping through Instagram stories is literally doing nothing with their life right now. Like they are so bored. So the first, so they're going to engage with your content um, because they're, they're obviously taking a break from whatever they're doing. Um, so anything that appeals to them is something worth looking at. Um, they're not there for any other reason other than to basically mindlessly flip through, you know, a thousand profiles stories. Um, so I think it's a space where, where the, the, the user is ready to engage with something. They just don't know what yet. And then it's your job as a good advertiser or a good company to 
make your product or your advertising engaging um, and to get them to interact. So I think that's a space um, that's wildly underutilized right now. And mainly because people don't want to make, you know, ads specific for Instagram stories. It's time consuming. It can be expensive. Um, and then you have to, it's just another campaign to have to pay attention to. Um, but I think it's worth trying. Uh, that's, that's very true comment about the Instagram stories there. So need to try that. I need to try that. <laughs> you have to let me know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I can convince some of our clients to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, speaking about Instagram, what, what do you feel is the hurdles there? Is it, is that a good platform to find data and targeting, uh, b2b clients or what's your comment on that specifically for instagram yeah so you know i mean with with instagram being owned by facebook you run into a lot of the same issues of of their targeting aspect but i know me personally and, and maybe this goes for you too um probably 30 percent of the software that i own is from instagram ads i love ads they show me products that i would have no idea if they existed and they're usually very valuable. Some of them are not, but some of them are fantastic. And so I engage with ads all the time because they, they show me a world that I, that I do not know of. And again, you know, you can't, it's going to be really hard to find your audience on Instagram, but it's again, perfect for retargeting. I mean, if you have a website, if you're running $10,000 of ads, you're probably getting at least, you know, three to 5,000 clicks a month to your website, just from pay. That's not including organic or direct or anything like that, that you've built up. So you can build a retargeting audience within 30 days. Um, if you have, you know, 3000 people in a retargeting audience, you're fine to retarget Like you, you'll, you'll do great. Um, so, so I would always leverage Facebook and Instagram in the same way. And that is, um, for solely retargeting, or I'm going to tell you a trade secret right now, which is geofencing on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah. And by geofencing, you know, Facebook allows you to geofence a mile, but there's a way around that where you can exclude a lot of that mile and then you're geofencing 50 square feet. So I would, that's another very valuable way to leverage those platforms yeah that's interesting <laughs> send us uh, uh, links to that afterwards here for where we can find <laughs> trade secrets uh, yeah but that that actually brings me to my next question I, I think it was great to hear that you like to interact with um, instagram ads and so forth and uh, what do you see for kind of ad trends from a creative perspective do you feel that we're moving in any directions towards more creative ads or more uh, video ads or what do you see? Uh, what are the most um, click through <laughs> conversion <laughs> ads you have today? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so it's interesting because it seems like every ad whether it's you know an ad for get a demo or download an ebook or whatever also interacts differently with the the audience as in you know you might run once like a video ad for get a demo and let's say your click-through rates two percent and then you run a video ad for 
um, like a PDF download and your click-through rates half a percent. It, it, it's odd how much everything you know switches just based on the content. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting are carousel ads. Um, we've seen on LinkedIn alone, running carousel has reduced uh, cost per click by 50%. And what I like about carousel is it's one ad, but it's technically 10 ads in one. Um, you can have 10 different call to actions. You can have 10 different headlines, 10 different images. Um, so I think it's a way to leverage more information, but in uh, a seamless way where you're not keyword stuffing or you're not stuffing a bunch of text that somebody has to read through. Um, it's just very fluid in, in the way that they can interact with the ad and they can click on the part of the ad that resonates most with them. Um, so, I, so I think carousel is a very interesting way to uh, present more to an audience without the feeling of presenting more. Um, but really, I think the, the way that a lot of the ads are going, you have to be more personalized. As in, you, one, if you're targeting your right audience, you can personalize your message to that audience. You know, if I, if I want, you know, directors of IT of healthcare companies, I should write an ad specific for directors of IT of healthcare companies. And then if I'm retargeting, I should have a specific message for people who landed on my get demo page, but never filled out a get demo form versus somebody who read a blog about how to be a better entrepreneur. I don't want to send them a get demo. Like they don't, we're on a totally different path. Um, so it's, it's understanding what, how that user has interacted with your website. Um, and then tailoring the ad around that experience and where they need to go in the next step of the journey to take action. Yeah, totally makes sense. That's great. One thing we haven't mentioned so far that is growing uh, quite fast now as a ad medium and that's YouTube. What do you think from a B2B perspective using YouTube uh, advertising to drive lead gen campaigns. Is that something you do? You know what, you're on a great path just even recognizing that. Because uh, <laughs> we, we, at, we at KEO have recognized it too. And we've, we've started to try to convince some of our clients to, to leverage YouTube. Um, none of them do yet. Uh, so, so I won't be able to answer the question as in, it works or doesn't work. Um, but I think you're spot on in understanding that it's, um, that there's a leverage point. Um, you know, I think obviously any company has the issue of creating good video ads, creating good video ads is much more difficult than creating a static image that you can do in, you know, two minutes on Adobe spark or, you know, Photoshop or anything like that. Um, so I think there's that, that hurdle of, of what's a good video ad, how to make one work. Um, but I think video ads are great for brand awareness. And if, if a client came, if one of our clients said, Hey, Elliot, go ahead and do video ads for us. Um, we'll give you $5,000 a month for the, the video portion. I would pretty much just do brand awareness. Um, because I, I think I feel videos are a great way to get the word out about who you are, maybe a new product or a new service or an offering. Um, but I don't personally think that they will yield a huge amount of conversions. I could be wrong. That's just 
how I feel about it. So I would run it for video views, try to get as many eyes on my product as possible. And because YouTube is run out of Google ads, you could then retarget based on the, the YouTube um, like video watch or um, clip throughs. So I would retarget based on the people who saw my videos with maybe some static ads or, or things along that nature. Um, but yeah, solely my view would be around brand awareness. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I'm uh, in the exploratory phase there as well, <laughs> trying to understand what works, but I think you're right there that when we're experimenting with, uh, uh, video marketing and uh, YouTube, um, we don't drive so much conversion from it. So I suppose it's just as you say, it's it's probably primarily at this stage better to use it as brand awareness driving, supporting air cover for other more core campaign elements maybe. So um, uh, that's really interesting to see that it co corroborates pretty well with uh, um, our ideas as well, even though we yeah. haven't experimented so much so far. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward right. to doing it more. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's one of the hardest things, you know, at least from whether it's if you're an agency and you have to discuss this with a client or you're a marketing director and you have to discuss it with your CEO is, okay, cool. We're getting a hundred dollar cost per leads on Google ads and we get, you know, 50 leads a month, but we run, we, we run these YouTube ads and we don't get any leads. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard for a lot of people to understand how other channels support each other. Um, that, you know, from a reporting aspect, when you look at pretty much like programmatic and especially programmatic and then YouTube would is understanding the KPIs you need to adjust for, which would be, you know, click through rate, cost per click, CPM, but you don't on some of these channels, you just, you would never want to report on a cost per lead KPI. It's great if you get a few leads, that's obviously something you want to mention, but if you're not getting leads, you have to be able to show the value in these programs by other KPIs because they're just not going to outperform something like Google or Facebook um, or LinkedIn. So it's, it's just being able to tell that story of, Hey, 50,000 people watch our video on YouTube. Like that is tremendous reach that we would, that we can't get anywhere else that is valuable to our business and valuable to our marketing strategy. I think that was really um, insightful and uh, I totally agree. Those are key things to remember when discussing those kind of channels with colleagues, if you're working in-house or with clients, if you're working at agency side as both we do. Elliot, I think it's time to round this very interesting chat we have had around paid media and channels. Uh, so if you want to give one final advice here for our B2B marketeers that's working in the trenches every day, uh, what do you think that could be? <laughs> um, I would say find the channel that is going to drive you the most leads or the most revenue or whatever your KPI is and double down on that channel, figure that out, perfect it, and then start exploring others. Don't try to target people on every single channel all the time, everywhere you go. 
figure out where your where your market is, where they're converting, maximize that channel, and then start to divulge in some other places. Yeah, that's great advice. Elliot, it's been so great to talk to you. I know there's a lot of our listeners who want to check you out online and read more about your content. Uh, so where can we send them? Probably LinkedIn. LinkedIn is going to be the best place. If you just search Elliot Manson, then you're going to find me pretty much everywhere there. That's where I, that's where I deliver the most B2B content. Um, so that would be the best place for anyone. Yeah. So check out Elliot Manson, K-E-E-O marketing, uh, and you'll find you there uh, at LinkedIn. So Elliot, thank you so much for all your uh, tips, tricks, trade secrets, and insights you have shared with us today. Thank you so much. It's been so good to have you with us. And uh, thank you everybody for listening in. Super appreciate your time, Jacob. I definitely did as well. Thank you so much and uh, have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.